on this episode of Hit the Books Podcast. I get what I want. Shazam! Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit the Books Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Holcomb. And I'm Emery Saunders. And today we have a special review edition of Hit the Books Podcast. <gasps> today we review Shazam! Wow! Say my name. So that my power may flow through you. What is it? Jaiman Hansu. <laughs> 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 so... We have seen the latest DC entry into the, I guess, DCEU, although it's very vague whether this is tied into the previous DCEU or not, uh, with all the new movies coming out. Yeah. It's very confusing. Whatever is tied in and isn't tied in really isn't made clear. Yeah, it's very poorly uh, conveyed what the hell is going on with this universe. Things are being canceled. Things oh. are not being canceled. But there is one, one thing that shows up. There is one thing that shows up. Towards the end of the movie. There are things. Yeah. There are things. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with our Hit the Books reviews, we always go into the movie, our general uh, impressions of the movie, give you our final rating, and then we jump into spoilers after some explicit spoiler warnings. And uh, if that sounds like a good time, be sure to stick around. Let us know. Uh, if you got any questions for us, be sure to hit us up on Twitter at HTBVids, on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Hit the Books. You can always email us at HitTheBooksVids at gmail.com. That's V-I-D-S. Uh, you can always check out our website, uh, HTBVids.com. You can check out our Patreon if you feel so inclined at Patreon.com forward slash Hit the Books. That covers both our comic book podcast, Hit the Books, and our wrestling podcast, Hit the Mats. Uh, which are both available for you on YouTube, on Stitcher, on iTunes, and on Spotify, and a few more services down the line. Um, I think that covers everything. Yeah. Um, let's see here. And be sure to tune in to our weekly show, Hit the Books Podcast. Um, on weeks that we do reviews, just because of time restraints, we usually don't do a podcast. So, fortunately, there won't be an episode this week, but we'll do a, a little bit of catch-up next week, I assume. Unless we review Hellboy and uh, <laughs> we got the Avengers movie coming up r- real soon. It's that time of year again. I don't know why they bunch them all together. Because then we get just a big dry spell where there's nothing. <laughs> and it's just a waste of time. The I concept like, of spacing is lost it, on these companies. They do it in video I, games actually, too. Like Nobody has to be disadvantaged by these movies. <laughs> like you can space them out e- easily. Okay, here's I the thing: is understand. Marvel has their own idea of spacing, and their idea is whatever the hell we say it's gonna be. <laughs> it's very annoying because these things can be spaced out. Everybody could have a big release. You know, nobody has to suffer as a studio because you're not competing with each other. People, right. are, people who are fans are gonna see these movies. Period. You know. There's yeah, no reason to put them so close. But that, that's a discussion for another time. Perhaps a topic of the show on one of our episodes of Hit the Books Podcast. Oh, yeah. Um, Just to uh, kind of illustrate my point here. Currently on the schedule, uh, now that we are coming up on Avengers, the next movie after that is June 7th, 
assuming it's not delayed again. <laughs> the X-Men Dark Phoenix movie, which yeah, I think is going to be terrible. Just and delay it into oblivion. I'm surprised they didn't just outright cancel it now that the Fox purchase is official. Then we have Spider-Man Far From Home uh, in July, uh, on July 5th. Uh, yeah. And then we have The New Mutants, August 2nd, which, again, is a movie that probably should have been canceled uh, and has been delayed constantly. And just uh, this movie is like two years late now. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Something yeah. like that. Um, and then that's all we got, really, for superhero movies for the rest of the year. Um, there is a Star Wars movie for you fucking nerds. If you can <laughs> forgive Ryan Johnson. No. I can't. No. Uh, Ryan Johnson ruined Star Wars he for me. He killed it. He really did. Uh, any positive momentum they had, he just squashed, and it's a fucking terrible movie, and that's my opinion. But again, I'm not one of you fucking Star Wars nerds and all the space and stuff. Oh, uh, see, your I opinion... I only talk about comic books and wrestling. Okay? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things that our grown-ups are into. <laughs> Duh. Duh. <laughs> Star Trek you, is way more realistic, bro. All right? You're... I will end you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, just illustrating my point that there's fucking nothing for the rest of the year. Why couldn't they space these out more? Very oh, frustrating. It, it's almost we got like... Hellboy. We got Shazam, Captain Marvel, and Avengers all back to back to back to back in two months. It's obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> it's excessive. They're just going to keep making more money and making more movies and making more money and making more movies and making more money and making more movies. And you can make more, more money if you space them out. That's all I'm saying. It's, here's what I would rather them do. Wait. Actually see how good their product is and make sure it's good. You you know which movies I'm talking about. You know. We all know. But yeah, uh, yeah, point taken. That's what I wanted to say. So on this one, we're talking about the real Captain Marvel. If you're interested in what we thought about <laughs> the fake Captain Marvel from the Marvel Universe, uh, go ahead and check out our Captain Marvel review, which is our second to last hit the books episode that we posted. Uh, uh, TLDW, it sucked. Uh, you Emery hates it. <laughs> I thought it was fine. It was fine. It was just fine. That's it. But uh, if you want to hear what our discussion about it was, go ahead and check that episode out. Oh, yeah. Again, YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify. Shameless plug. Um, <clears throat> so shameless. But this one, we'll get into Shazam. Now, just a little bit of uh, background on our thoughts on the movie before we went to see it and kind of giving you an idea of what our expectations were for this movie. I after watching Suicide Squad and Justice League and BVS, <laughs> I was completely ready to just say fuck it. I as much as I am the DC fanboy between the two of us, I just can't do it anymore. I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> you know, the comic books aren't much better. <laughs> you know, um depending on where you're reading, at least for the main canon. Yeah. And it's just very disappointing. And I was just so jaded and hurt and just, I was done. I'm like, we're wasting an entire generation of actors and actresses on these terrible movies. And I wish they would stop. It's like um, watching someone continuously go back to that uh, abusive relationship that 
You keep telling them to stop. Just leave them. They're never going to learn if you keep going back. Yeah. And I keep going back. <laughs> keep going back. <laughs> now, the reason is because the DC marketing team, they're fucking wizards. <laughs> Probably literally. <laughs> Definitely figuratively. Um, I, for whatever reason, they can make fucking bomb-ass trailers that they, always they... make me want to see the movie, even when I'm sure it's going to be bad. They have trailer magic. They're really good at trailers. I don't know what it is, but they're really, really good at trailers. Marvel, they're okay at trailers, but they tend to spoil half the movie in their trailers, yeah, which makes they me do. not want to even watch their trailers. It drives me crazy. Yeah. Um, but I was so jaded. I was done. I had swore off when I heard that Zachary Levy was going to be, you know, Shazam, and we heard about the goofy muscle suit. I was, I was just ready to give up. I was done. Like I don't want to see this guy in the Marvel un- or in the DC ex- ex- whatever universe. I forgot what they call it. DCEU <laughs> brain fart there, but mostly because I wanted to die. <laughs> um, and so I was just not about this movie whatsoever. I'm like, you know, if this was old DC, I'd be like, okay, I g- I'd give it a shot. I think there's a chance that they can make a really good movie on this. But up to that point, they'd just given me garbage and spent way too much money and just. Zack Snyder specifically just killed these movies over and over and over, and I don't mean it in a good way. Um, and it's just, I've been very disappointed for a long time. So when they announced that they were releasing a trailer, I was very lukewarm. I didn't care. I was like, whatever. And then I watched it, and my tone completely changed because the trailer captured exactly what I wanted <laughs> and what I would expect from a good Shazam movie the kind of comical, childlike aspect of everything involved. And the trailer was phenomenal. Phenomenal. And it was wonderful. I went from a, a, a negative number. <laughs> it, it was everything that I to, wanted. Uh, straight up to a 10. It's and like it, they finally got what they needed to get. It's like, let's focus on not just trying to fit everyone into like an overarching feel, which is just darkness, but let's focus on what makes each of these individual characters great. And they did it. And they did it. They did it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, So this was my most anticipated movie of this year, period. I was excited for Hellboy. I was excited for Avengers Endgame. But Infinity War was more what I was looking for out of the the Marvel Universe. So now that that's over, I kind of wish it would have ended right there. (laughs) But that's just because I'm a a cynical individual who likes a little darkness uh, in those contexts. Um, God, they should call it the... They should call it dark comics. That's what the fuck DC should stand for. It's it, <laughs> it would be appropriate. Um, Brian Michael Bendis has been writing a lot of uh, child books, so it, it's changing a little bit. But I don't necessarily I don't hate that it's darker in tone overall. I actually think it's more enjoyable for me as a fan. Went like New Fifty Two got a ton of shit because they got rid of kind of like the jolly aspects of the DC universe, like Superman and like it's yeah. kind of upbeat, you know, always positive, you know, almost campy, you know, Boy Scout tone. Yeah, and replaced him with a new kind of edgier, kind of more flawed Superman. Which I get it, you know, <laughs> if you're a huge super fan of Superman, I get it. But they they inappropriately shit on everything that came from there. Uh, even though the vast majority of it was good, if not great. 
and it was darker in tone, which separated it from the Marvel Universe, which was overly positive and overly <laughs> excessively just everything works out perfectly fine and we're all great and we're progressive and happy and we're inclusive and everything's wonderful and there's never a trouble in the world we can't overcome and that's what marvel was during that era and i hated it <laughs> um because if there's no struggle what's the point you know I don't. there should be a struggle there should always be a struggle, and you know that's what got me into the X Men way more than the Avengers back in the day. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the moment when that becomes true once again. Yeah, so I'm I am unabashedly saying that this movie fulfilled every expectation I had, and when my expectations were already at a ten, I was very thrilled watching this movie. I enjoyed. A- pretty much all of it like they could have toned down a few of the campy moments towards the beginning specifically yeah. basically anything that revolved around the villain story oh yeah it was a little campy like it overload a little much especially at the beginning it's just weirdly acted and weirdly written lines for these characters i was like okay i mean uh, it's just a i get your story to tell it was just a generic villain entry to kind of give you somebody for him to fight later on in the movie. Yeah. The movie's not about that. The movie is about Billy Batson and the characters surrounding him in his life and the whole the the fun of the ride <laughs> after he gets the powers of Shazam. Now, well, let's be clear. There is some darkness in this movie. There there's a nice heavy dose of real real world kind of strife. Yeah. Just it- enough to lend it enough credibility to be not only a hilariously fun ride, but also something with a little bit of heart and a little bit of significance, which oh, is what we yeah. give a lot of credit to the tick on Amazon Prime for. Yeah. A show that of sh- all fucking shows. should not have any heart or any <laughs> substance. It totally has a ton of heart and a ton of substance. In a show that should just be a parody. Yep. How? And it's and it's wonderful. <laughs> it's amazing. Shazam's the same way. Oh my god. God, it's probably a little bit more hard, if I'm honest. Uh, oh, it, it it's got a bit more hard. Yeah, and I think that comes down to, just as you were saying, it, it this is about Billy. Yeah. So uh, why don't we give you a little bit of history on the character and a little bit of context for what this is based on? A little bit. So Captain Marvel is a is an original kind of Wiz Comics uh, entry. That was built as kind of the competitor to Superman. Yeah. Uh, so he looked very similar to Superman in his early conception. Um, you know, he was more of the kind of, uh, uh, I would say, kind of earthly given abilities through magic and, you know, you know external forces, whereas Superman was more, you know, hey, I'm from a, an alien planet because that's what's popular right now. And I'm an space. alien. Ooh. Twilight Zone. Ooh. Uh, it's a little late, but <laughs> um, it was that kind of vibe going on in the market. Um, and these these com- characters were very competitive. And DC was very ruthless uh, back in the day. And oh, yeah. to an extent still are under WB, um, especially with their YouTube claims. Holy shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. We, we posted a little tiny snippet of the Batman Beyond theme music. <laughs> And we got struck. And we got struck. Oh. Immediately. It wasn't even like a day. It was like, 
It's like you had three no. seconds of the the Batman Beyond theme, so go fuck yourselves. So I was like, all right, well, delete it out of the video, I guess. Fine. If you listen to the podcast, get you, it. Can, you can hear it, but you know, whatever. I didn't think it was that atrocious, right? <laughs> if anything, it's gonna make people go and watch your show again, right? So it's why not? It, yeah, it's almost like we're doing free advertising yeah. for your stuff. Meanwhile, there's people that post like mirrored versions of the entire <laughs> episode on YouTube that you can watch. So completely fine. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> whatever <laughs> algorithms mm-hmm. um but uh dc being very vicious in its right protections and its kind of business practices went after was comics and almost bankrupted them uh in lawsuits you know suing them saying the character was too similar to superman and in the end they won they won the legal battle <laughs> For a completely different character with a completely different story and name, different color scheme, but he happened to also be super strong and heroic and a, a white like, dude in a muscle like, suit. <laughs> he he's a dark haired white dude in a he's got big muscles and he can fly and he has a cape. It sounds like Superman, doesn't it? Son of a bitch. Oh my god. Get him. Where are the lawyers? Like what what smoking what, your what? fat cigars? <sighs> uh, okay, how does he get his powers? Magic. Uh, where does he come from? Philly. <laughs> uh, what's his color scheme? Just red and gold with white. Uh, does that sound like Superman? I'm not sure. What does he look like? To- oh, Superman. Yeah, we were pl- playing fast and loose with those copyright laws in the oh, hell yeah, 30s, they were. 40s, and 50s. But... Uh, Basically, the character was sued out of existence for a few years. You know, it'd pop up here and there and occasional Wiz comics. And then DC just purchased it outright and took the rights to it. Yeah. And renamed it Shazam because Marvel had created their own character named Captain Marvel, who was an alien. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds familiar. (laughs) We didn't sue the shit out of them, did we? No, we Uh, sure didn't. It's almost like... Wait, why are we naming our character after our rival company? Oh, that's a bad idea. So DC <laughs> said, well, rather than fighting 100 lawsuits with this company over a character we don't really give a shit about, we just wanted them off the table so we didn't have to worry about it for Superman. Yeah. Yeah, we'll just let them have it and we'll rename him Shazam. That, that works, right? <laughs> and that's why we have the Shazam of today. Even though it was originally a Wiz comic that was bought by DC after being sued out of existence for a few years. And that brings us to the current Shazam. Now, this movie is very much based off the Jeff Johns version of Shazam. That's right. That kind of made its premiere in the New 52 and has recently been uh, recontinued uh, in a slightly different uh, environment. Um, The original one, Billy Batson, was a little bit more flawed again as a character which again is something that apparently comic fans don't want in the new 52 but you know he he wasn't the perfect little boy that was just always nice and wonderful and deserving of everything he received you know um and, what part of that sounds like an orphan <laughs> but uh I, I i enjoy both versions uh, the new version is a little lighter on that it's he's still flawed a little bit it's still very much the core of what the jeff johns billy batson is uh, and what the the whole family is, um, but it's a little lighter in tone, so it's a little easier to receive if you are an established Shazam fan. And let's face it, how many of those are there? Who cares? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, this character did have a TV show in the seventies, apparently. 
Great. <laughs> <laughs> but so the, um, there might be some of you out there who maybe kind of remember a kid turning into a, a full-grown man. Mm-hmm. And there are some uh, select cameos in this movie. I won't spoil them, but the, mm. there are some. There's some significant cameos throughout the movie. Yeah, here and um, there of specific actors and uh, writers and whatnot. So this is what we're basing the movie off of, and this is what you're getting treated to. You're getting treated to a very Jeff Johns-esque version of Shazam, where Billy Batson is not the perfect, wonderful child who's perfectly moral in every single way and <laughs> clearly deserving of the wizard's all-powerful magic and whatnot. He's as flawed as any other child, um, especially one that's come from such a depressing background as you know a foster home. Um, yeah... And so just giving you that rough bat- background, Billy Batson is a, an orphan child um, who is often depicted as desperately seeking out his mother, trying to figure out you know, where he came from, who, where his mother is, why they haven't been reunited, and blah, blah, blah. And he, he has a habit of running away from homes and being you know, a kind of troubled child, as you know, many orphans are, for better or worse, uh, just because of this, the nature of the situation. And uh, he goes from home to home to home and doesn't ever really click with anybody or stay with anybody. Um, But there is, at the core of him, some good traits, some inherently good traits. You know, he will stick up for somebody he cares about. You know, he, he... he he will run into danger, you know, and be selfless if the the need and the the character relation is there, you know. Uh, at at his core, he's a good person, but overall, he's got some troubled, you know, backgrounds and some flaws and character issues that he has to work out as he grows and develops as a character, which makes him pretty interesting. Um, oh yeah. So that's kind of your starting point with Shazam. You get into this movie, you get a little bit of info about the villainous character which again we'll get into in the spoilers and then it jumps into billy batson's world and takes you off from there um in the comics you know billy batson through one mechanism or another ends up meeting the wizard shazam who is this ancient wizard who's the last remaining of the protectors of the stone of eternity which is uh, a big power source of magic in the dc universe it's very nerdy very like you know, silly. <laughs> it's kind of funny because it wasn't even a DC property originally, but now it's inherently a oh. core feature <laughs> of the entire DC universe. And without the, the Rock of Eternity, pretty much anything magical or supernatural is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and it all relies on Shazam, which is pretty funny. It, um, it's almost like DC knew they needed that. Yeah. Um, but that's more or less the storyline. <clears throat> he gets these powers from the old wizard Shazam, who's at on his last leg and needs a champion to protect the Rock of Eternity and to save the world from various magical baddies from different points of history. And the most famous one being Black Adam, which is basically a carbon copy of the guy who was an ancient, you know, person that was given the powers but then corrupted, you know, because of whatever need, you know, and again the story changes with him all the time. Sometimes he's just an evil guy that turned evil after getting his powers right. because he received them at too old of an age and he was too cynical and jaded. And then other depictions it's because he's, you know, the the emperor of Kondak and he's <laughs> got to protect his people and he turns because he's isolationist and wants to protect his people and only his people and he doesn't care about the rest of the planet and so right. he's kind of like an anti-hero in some ways where he's fighting for a good cause but he doesn't in a bad way or he's often at odds with the rest of the world kind, and, kind of makes me think of like Namor 
Yeah, a little Quite bit. Quite a bit. Man, sometimes... And- I'm a little worried because they announced that The Rock is going to be Black Adam in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> and uh, again, we'll talk about this stuff in spoilers. Yeah. But I'm worried that if they are making a solo Black album or Adam film, that they're just going to make him a good guy, which sucks because <laughs> he shouldn't be just a regular good guy. Hey, um, if The Scorpion King is a movie that can happen, why not... Again, put him in the desert and just give him different powers this time. And I don't know, maybe... Okay, here's what we need to do. We don't need Birds of Prey. We We, we don't need a Black (laughs) Adam solo movie. We probably don't need The Trench, although I am intrigued. Uh, We don't need Aquaman 2. We probably don't need Wonder Woman 1984, whatever that is. Oh, yeah, we don't need that. Mm-mm. We don't need Suicide Squad 2. Uh, Joker we need. I'm I'm totally about this Scorsese <laughs> Joker movie. Joker has proved how much we need him. And talk about fucking trailers that are on fleek. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so good. Every time, so DC. Good. Every so time. They're so good at trailers. Oh, oh boy. Now, okay, here is what. DC needs to do. They need to keep going down the list of all of these characters that haven't gotten the treatment that they deserve, like Booster Gold. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, 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 calm down a little. Uh, hold, uh, get uh, a little uh, overzealous. Uh, uh, we don't uh, even uh, have the base characters of the universe yet, right now. Uh, look, like, I have. We in don't my have. Head. We we don't have a Batman. We don't have a Superman. <laughs> we there's some problems we need to work out first. Uh, and we can use Booster Gold to fix all that. Oh, my God. We don't need a story reason to fucking reboot. Uh, uh, we yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, we do. We don't. It can be done. It doesn't need to be done. If X-Men... You're foxing this. If we X-Men, don't need to fox this. Days of Future Past has taught me anything, <laughs> is that, yes, you can actually create a story that's that if, involves time travel. That's if the characters involved are already beloved, which they are not. <laughs> We have two beloved characters right now. That's sort of Wonder Woman and Shazam. Uh, okay. And for some people, Jason Momoa's Aquaman, although it's pretty divisive on that one. Uh, okay. These characters are beloved. Their recent portrayals, on the other hand, they, they need some workshopping. They, like, we need someone. Shazam needs no workshopping. Shazam's fine. It's Shazam... Spoiler alert for our, our final rating. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we need someone like Booster Gold and Blue Beetle to fucking Doc Brown and Marty McFly this shit and just go back and fix everything. <sighs> Do we, though? Yes! Yes! Uh, all right, all right. And I have the script. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Warner Brothers, if you're listening, go ahead, send us an email. We've yeah. talked about movie ideas in the past. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't steal them. Just uh, yeah, ask us, and we'll contribute. We, we will I con- would do it free of charge. I would just do it for the fuck of it, because I, I care. I would do it for a modest fee. How about royalties? Does well, you give me a percentage, um, like 0.5%. That's fine. 2%. Wow, going <laughs> bold. <laughs> hey, if what, if what Are you starring I, in the movie? What's going on here? Sh- hey, hey. Listen, Blue Beetle's <laughs> got to pass a torch. <laughs> I'll play Jaime if I fucking have to. <laughs> the character that I like the least 
God. All right. Well, you've ranted enough. We should probably get into the actual movie review. Yes. Back to Shazam. <laughs> so, Shazam, uh, going into this movie, I was very excited, very high expectations, which can go wrong, as they often do with DC films for me. Yep. Um, in this case, they did not. It gave me everything I could have asked for, and in some ways more. It gave me a character with a lot of depth. It gave me surrounding, supporting cast members that were very fun, very interesting. You know, each had their own per- personality. They weren't just generic whatever characters. Yeah. Um, even the, you know, kind of auxiliary characters that were in the background for most of the movie, even those characters had some interesting depth that was kind of fun. I'd say the one weak point of the entire movie is just the the kind of campy storyline with the villain. And again, it was just an excuse to give him a villain. Right. Honestly. We had to put one in here somewhere. Yeah. It was just an excuse to drive the wizard to do what the wizard does. Again, we'll get into that in the spoilers. Yeah. But it's not that uh, Strong, uh, Mark Strong was bad uh, in the villain's role. Uh, He was actually pretty good. He's pretty good at everything he does. Yeah. Mark Strong, I'll, I'll say this. He did the best with, that he could with what he was given. Yeah. It, again, he played the part very well for what he was supposed to do. But again, it was just, you know, kind of classic camp villain, you know, generically evil guy doing evil things for evil reasons. Right. And you really didn't need to know more than that. Um, definitely a huge upgrade from Black Manta in the Aquaman movie, who was just atrocious. Didn't need to be in the movie whatsoever and was just a bad actor. Just straight up a bad actor. <laughs> um, yeah. Whereas this one, the acting was great. The visuals were great. You know, It gave a, a, a decent motivation to drive the story forward. And I was happy with it. Um, kind of had a final boss feeling towards the end there. <laughs> where he had to find the weak point and yeah. do this and that. And <laughs> follow the particular sequence to outsmart him. But um, yeah, I was getting a lot of video game vibes <laughs> at the end of the movie. But it was enjoyable. and I, it, that, that was I had a fun with lot it. of fun. Oh, my God. And there are some movie. nice surprises in this movie that I didn't expect to see. And I, yes. re- I really did genuinely enjoy experiencing. Yeah. You know, I don't know how many you know big Shazam fans were in the, the auditorium. I mean, the theater was packed, so that was a good sign. Yeah. Um, but there were some wow moments for people that are fans of the DC Universe or fans of the Shazam uh, kind of storyline and canon. Because there was a lot of fun stuff in this movie that was just there to like really drive home how fun and irreverent this movie is. It's it, there, there's some substance to it, but it's more there for your entertainment to have a fun ride and enjoy the film and forget about all the other bullshit that's happening in the DCEU and all the studio bullshit with WB. <laughs> yeah, just, just there to have fun. Yeah, just forget all of the background shit. This is this is our time. Yeah. This is our time to remember. Why DC is as good as it is. Characters like this, when well done, are amazing. Yeah, it was outstanding. And big credit to uh, David Sandberg, who directed this movie. Yes. He did a wonderful job. Oh, my a God. A wonderful job. He he made the movie fun, interesting. I think they probably spent more money than they needed to. I think this the, uh, the current estimates are somewhere around $100 million they spent on the movie. And, of course, they made a profit on it because that's what superhero movies do. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they're well enough known. And um, well enough marketed. But really, I think this movie could have been just as good on, say, Deadpool's budget. Ooh. Which is like 40-something million dollars. And they would have made even more money. 
Uh, I, I, I yeah. think there was some stuff in the movie that was just there because we had money for it, and so we put it there. Um, in terms of visual effects and the suit, and you know, I, I, I mean, it he, all worked. There, were, I had yeah. no complaints, but yeah. it, I feel like they could have saved some money because most of this movie is just Zach Levy standing somewhere in Philadelphia arguing with a child. That's ninety nine percent of the movie, and it's awesome. It's awesome. It's everything we that wanted to be. It's most of the movie, but that's most of the movie. What What are you spending the money on? <laughs> so, uh, 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 okay, they're. they're you can see there are certain places, especially with set design, where it was going to cost them at least some kind of pretty penny to afford yeah. what they were trying to do, especially with, like, the Rock of Eternity. Maybe. And- it's just a cave. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's most of what it was. I yeah. don't think it was that hard to get some sheet rock and put it up. Wild true. Um, and thank there, God it wasn't like a hundred percent CG like I expected. Uh, it was very, it was very aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, I the pra- practical effects, when possible, which should be ninety five percent of the time, are the way to go. That being said, I know where they spent most of this money. It was in the third act. Yeah, I agree. And. I, I was so convinced that the third act is where this movie was going to shit the bed. It didn't, though. It didn't. It didn't. It uh, It was actually probably... The one of the coo- highlights of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it was like the coolest third act I've seen in a movie in like at least five years. Yeah. And that's usually the case with just movies in general. The yeah. third act is usually where everybody stumbles. That's where production is like running out of money and running out of time. It's so they're like, speeding everything up. It's like, what do they, we do here? And oh, they need to shit. wrap up all the loose ends and try to fit everything into a nice, neat little box, you know, and try to design it for a sequel at the last minute. Cause they're like, Oh, this might be good. You know? Yeah. Uh, which is true of pretty much every significant movie that isn't, you know, in that ex- just amazing category you know the like all-time great movies that have the masterful endings yeah avengers uh infinity war might be one of the exceptions where the third act is one of the big moments of the film whereas like all other superhero movies (laughs) that's where they usually fall apart is the third act oh yeah um but this movie does it perfectly masterfully good pacing nice surprises throughout the film like i i couldn't ask for any more and I know this is a very high rating, I get it, but for me, even with a little bit of campiness and a little bit of convenient story things for the villain's character, um, Dr. Savannah, like, I I love this movie. And it was everything I expected and everything I wanted and more, which for me pushes it to a 10. It's a 10 out of 10. It's what I want from DC. It's not every movie needs to be the happy-go-lucky Shazam type of movie, but for this character... It is appropriate, and it was the perfect approach to it. I loved it. I give it a 10. I'm going to say this is on par with The Dark Knight. Wow. <laughs> wow. Just in satisfaction level? Uh, did, yes. Yeah. Like, th- this is a movie... I would not say it's a masterclass movie like The Dark Knight, yeah, I, I which I would also call a 10. Yeah. But th- th- as far as satisfaction goes, this th- is exactly th- what we needed. Yeah, this... I'm going to say this is on par with The Dark Knight because this is a movie that recognizes what it's supposed to be and does it. That, mm, oh my God. This, I would have, 
I would have sold my soul uh, and part of one of my nuts to have this movie in the same universe as Christian Bale Batman. That would be hard to do. <laughs> it, it would be really fucking Especially hard. Especially like if paths. It, it would be very weird. It'd be really weird. It'd be really... Oh, like, but then again, but, comic books are weird, so what are we going to do? Here's how you join them together. They're orphans. <laughs> <laughs> they both know how it is. We have something in common. <laughs> Although We don't have parents. <laughs> <laughs> My parents are dead. <laughs> Our billies? Stay My- tuned for a spoiler section. <laughs> Go on. God, I was about to spoil that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I jumped in. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, uh, satisfaction level, story writing and pacing. Um, this movie, it knows how to set itself up. It knows exactly what to do with all of the things that would have been super campy or done super campy back in the day. Yeah. And it updates the shit out of it to mm-hmm. the point where we have Shazam saying, it's like, oh, it's like, finally, my champion, I've found you. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I'm not pure. I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm out just, of fucking time. It's just, it, I'm old. Just touch the stick and say my name. <laughs> Uh, which there's a great joke with. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. There, this, the thing about this movie and the humor in it is that there's humor in it for every age. There, yeah. There is very adult humor in there. Yeah. Uh, in a very cleverly veiled way. And then there's, you know, humor that anybody can enjoy. There's physical humor. Humor. There's, you know, humor in the dialogue. It's very natural. The actors, all the kids are awesome. Yeah. The kids are awesome at what they need to do for the movie. So are the adults. Like, everything just flows. And it, it, there's the timing's on. It's not, nothing felt too forced. You know, there might have been one or two spots where it was like, well, that was borderline. Yeah. But when you're batting, you know, nine out of ten, you're doing pretty good, whereas, not to criticize Marvel, because they make great movies, but with their humor stuff, a lot of it feels forced, and when they try to, especially with the recent movies, they've kind of just forced it in there unnecessarily, Yeah, in a very Disney kind of way. Yeah, they've gone from two out of three jokes to, like, maybe uh, every other joke. Yeah, I'd say, like, half of their jokes land nowadays, which yeah. is not a good ratio, but... No, um, it really isn't. When they land, they're good. Um, this movie somehow, some way, made it work the entire movie, and I, I can't ask for more. The music was good, the effects were good. You know, there wasn't too much green screen and dark filters like there are in all the other DC movies. Um, I thought Zachary Levy in the muscle suit wasn't going to work, and it totally worked. Um, oh yeah. There just wasn't a weak point in this movie that I can really point to and say that, well, if this had been fixed, it would have been so much better. No, there's nothing. You know, it, the very few little nitpicky things I can say about it, they are just that. Just really tiny nitpicky things that if you're looking for something a little more serious, eh, so what? You know, who cares? Yeah. Um, what's your final rating? Now, you said it's on par with The Dark Knight, so you better be pretty fucking high. <laughs> Uh, I am actually going to give it the same rating that I would give The Dark Knight, which is, in my opinion, 9.5. 9.5? Okay. Sir. 
look, this is heralded as possibly one of the greatest superhero <laughs> films ever. One of the greatest any film of what? all time. While that's true, what does it take to get a 10 out of you? <laughs> it hasn't been achieved yet. What? <laughs> it hasn't been achieved you can't yet. You have an impossible standard for a 10. I will What's let, the point of the scale? <laughs> the, the, the point of the scale is to let you know that there is always that little bit higher to reach. Come on. That is such a shit. <laughs> now, mind you. <laughs> what a terrible approach, Now, sir. mind you, Shazam and The Dark Knight are the only two movies I will ever give that score so far. I'd give Logan that, too. Logan was... Logan, I would give a nine. Infinity War was close, but it, there's some issues I had with it. But Yeah. Uh, with most of what Marvel puts out, I'd give them all, like, eights. Occasionally a seven. Ant-Man, I'm looking at you. Um, <clears throat> or a two that you gave <laughs> Captain Marvel. Spoilers! <laughs> Check out that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, TL ridiculous. A T- two TLDW. I don't like your uh, scale. Ca- so. <laughs> ca- Captain Marvel is a movie. <laughs> it has decent effects, and that's it. <laughs> wow, so negative. Oh, oh, <laughs> so butthurt about this movie. Oh, you goddamn right, I am. <laughs> back to Shazam. Ba- back to. The real Captain Marvel. So you give it a 9.5, you won't boost it up to a 10 because you have impossible standards. I don't have impossible standards. I just have standards. If no movie in the history of movies has gotten a 10 out of you. Uh, okay. As far as like movie movies, like overall, it, Citizen Kane. Okay. <laughs> You're going to go with the textbook answer. <laughs> Every film school ever says that Citizen Kane is the greatest movie of all time, so clearly it's a 10. Like, watch that movie nowadays. It's, it, it's aged. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, okay. While that's true, it's sure. very good. The Big Lebowski. Oh, my God. Really? <laughs> the dude? <laughs> oh. The, I don't the know Cohen if I can respect your opinions oh, anymore. Oh, come on. The Cohen brothers <laughs> could teach a master class in storytelling. Uh, well, there you have it, folks. Uh, 9.5. 9.5. Even it's on par with The Dark Knight for Emery. Y- yes. Which is very high praise. Yep. And a 10 out of me, because I couldn't ask for much more, and it's fine. It's good. It's spectacular. Go see it. Yeah, it's go, good for all ages, go, all go, genders, yeah, go, all ethnicities. It, it, it's good for all religions. You could say it's good for the whole family. It's great. Go see it. Go see it. Multiple times if you can. Actually, go, it's worth it. Go see it multiple times before you come back for the spoiler section. And that's your warning, folks. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Wee-oo. I apologize on the Captain Marvel movie. I didn't make it as explicit as I normally do, but it was in there, so yeah. deal with it. I didn't give a fuck. <laughs> but spoilers. It will, it will be on the screen, and it will be in the audio here. So we're jumping into spoilers. Um, I will say that they were very, very tactful in how they were going to address the greater DC universe. Mm-hmm. For example, there is a cameo at the end of the movie <laughs> in the lunchroom um, where, as alluding to an earlier part of the story, where Shazam had not shown up in the lunchroom to give his buddy a social boost. Uh-huh. He does come uh, with all the orphans at the table knowing that what's going to happen so they can <laughs> milk it for themselves. 
uh shazam comes in to have lunch with the group at the table and who else shows up none other than lawsuit not henry cavill so some generic white dude and a superman muscle suit comes out with a lunch tray you don't see anything above the neckline, but it is the Man of Steel, you know, BVS Superman suit. It's the classic Superman suit from the current DCEU. So they, who knows? I think they, they, they definitely did that on purpose because they, they're like, well, we don't know what the status of these characters in this world is. So we're just going to have generic Superman guys somewhere in there. Which is great. We couldn't afford to get Henry Cavill to sit the fuck down. I think they could. I think they did it on purpose. I think they know that contractually it's going to be a problem because pretty much nobody from the original cast wants to come back, (laughs) nor should they. And they want to kill this movie universe, but not totally kill it because they are still making movies and they don't want to waste all their money. They they want us to forget about it. They're very much half-assing it, which is annoying me. Um, But for the context of this movie and giving themselves plenty of breathing room to not be beholden to the old universe, I think it was a very good strategic move. And it was still a fun, entertaining cameo where you're like, oh, they did it. But uh, yeah, they didn't totally do it. But yeah. they did it. Yeah, it's like a a batarang is in this movie. And, yeah, and it and, and it is the BBS, you know, fat bat batarang. Even the batarang is fat. Yep. <laughs> um, and even the toys in the store are like the current DC universe toys. So it's the Henry Cavill toy and the fat bat toy and oh the my, mall. And that stuff. is that is part of one of my favorite sequences in this movie. <laughs> oh my god! <coughs> and again. This is why I ate trailers. Uh huh. Because the first trailer for this movie was awesome. It was all I needed to sell me on this movie. Yeah. And then they released a second trailer that spoiled two or three, like, really funny, genuinely funny moments in the film. And I still enjoyed them a lot cause when they came through because you know, then you had the full context of everything. Right. But it lessened it just a little bit, just a hair. And again, that was on the marketing team. And that's why I don't watch trailers. And I always get caught by them on Facebook or something because they have these stupid autoplay videos and it's halfway played through. And I'm like, what the fuck is playing? And I'm trying to find it and I'm scrolling through and I find it and then I see the scene and I'm like, fuck. And it keeps happening. And this is why I hate the Marvel trailers because they just spoil everything. Yeah, they and It drives do. me crazy. They don't give a shit They anymore. spoil everything, not only with their trailers, but with their film release dates. <laughs> you don't have to announce things that far ahead. It's fine. <laughs> just save it for after. Put it in the end credits. You don't have to tell us what's going to happen. The mouse will swing its huge cinematic dick wherever the hell it wants. It's just poor poor strategizing by the marketing teams. Like, the marketing's done for you. You've built a pantheon of amazing movies for 10 years. Yeah. The marketing's all done for you. You don't have to do anything else. You Same really don't. Same with Star Wars stuff. Like you could just show you have like, the, the title card. The culture and that's already it. exists. Just say, "Hey, we're releasing Star Wars movie this date. Here's our little teaser. You're done. You sold a billion dollars. Congratulations. It, yeah, pretty well, much. Stop spoiling everything. You're <laughs> ruining great cinematic moments or potential cinematic moments in pop culture. Yeah, stop it. It's, it's like let- Terminator Two. They didn't let it slip. All right? They didn't. And then when you went in and saw that movie, your mind was fucking blown. It was like, oh my God. It's a great cinematic moment in cinema history, pop culture history, for that reason. Same with uh, the second Star Wars movie. Nobody knew. 
Nobody knew. They didn't spoil it in the trailer or with the next release or like, anything. What you the went f- in there and your mind was blown. What the fuck is Empire Strikes Back? I thought we won. Ah, oh, uh, see if it's that Star was Wars. if I'll, that was I'll a modern trailer, it would be, it would just cut opening. Oh no, <sighs> no! <laughs> you know it to be true. And then they would have a montage of different scenes in the movie, most of them spoilers. And then at the end of the trailer, he would say, "I am your father." And that would be the end of the trailer. Like That's today, what we're getting today. Uh, and it sucks because you're ruining great things. Stop doing it. God. Both they, of you. Stop they, it. They don't know how Disney, to Disney, WB, stop. They don't know how to do a fucking surprise anymore. <sighs> but yeah, I, I still enjoyed it. Really loved it. Um, so that was one of the big cameos. Uh, we <laughs> oh, that- we also got some deep, deep cuts uh, with the worm of eternity there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which is another end trailer moment. You remember the time that the lightning red Superman punched a worm real fucking hard? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was around in the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's not the only thing that was kind of a deep cut. There was a... (laughs) There was a cameo from an object that was on the ground in a mall... It's kind of a it's kind of a blink and you miss it type situation, but man, you better fucking keep your eyes peeled because you remember when I said this movie knows what it is? Oh yes, it knows its superhero version of Big. Yeah, that's great. The movie's awesome. Not only for pop culture references, but also comic book references, deep dives into just, you know, the bonkers actors that have been present in different properties throughout history. Yeah. Um, Just little nods and winks to all these parts of pop culture. And the dialogue's great, the storyline's fun and fantastic, and there's some big wow moments that I didn't expect from a Shazam movie, especially the first one. I thought this one was just going to be basic character building, basic, you know, world building. Hey, this is what you got. Here's a little generic villain fight. And some laughs are Shazam is what we we were expecting. Nope, they went all in. Oh my God, they went all in. We got to talk about the big moment. Again, Uh, oh. If yep. you if you have not seen the movie, stop listening, stop watching now. Yet. Do not listen further than this. I'm going to spoil turn, one of the turn, big wow moments yeah. in the movie. Turn it off, leave, go see this movie, and then come back and listen to this point. I beg you. I beg Please. you, don't ruin this, this for yourself. This is a huge thing that we're about to talk about right now. The Shazam kids are there. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so good. I didn't expect to see them in this movie. I thought that this movie was going to be like building their relationship and then in whatever sequel or the Black Adam movie, that's when we get the Shazam kids. But like movie fucking one, we get the what was called the Captain Marvel family. Yeah. And oh, my God. It's an awesome moment, too. Oh. They they sell it so well. It's they funny hearing do. the childlike <laughs> glee in all their voices as they're, like, figuring out what they can do. It's like, oh, they're all a bunch of kids who just got powers five seconds ago. What? It's awesome. <laughs> it's so good. It's executed perfectly. Again. Oh, my God. Extremely entertaining. Visually fun to look at. Fun to listen to. Everything. 
everything was done perfectly. David Sandberg did an awesome job, and I can't thank him enough for his effort in this movie. Oh, we got to give credit to the writer. Oh, my God. We had a few of them. Screenplay primarily done by Henry Gaiden and the... Who also wrote most of the story, but uh, of course Jeff Johns is going to get a credit in there. Of and, course, uh, Jeff because Johns. This is, gonna... is Jeff Johns' version. Um, Actually, and then Darren Lemke, who also worked on Aquaman a little bit. Um, yeah, but they just—they did an amazing job. They I, all credit yeah. to them. My hats off to you guys, specifically Henry Gaden. You need to be writing more of the DC properties. Let's face it. Y- yes, because you did an awesome job, and I—I I couldn't compliment you more. Uh, I'm going to say that this movie definitely benefits from having primarily one writer. Yeah, and he really ha- doesn't have a ton of big movies under his belt. This is probably the biggest movie he's had as a head writer. Yeah, um, oh my most God. Most of his other stuff is from years and years ago. Uh, so he must have been working on something else completely different, but he did a wonderful job. Henry Gaden, you... Oh, yeah. He, he's going to be you. on the map now. And I, I genuinely hope that DC takes advantage, WB takes advantage of your ability and uh, brings you back in for more because you did a wonderful job. And for something that's a lighthearted kind of, you know, fun world with a little bit of substance, you took it to the next level in both aspects. And I really appreciate that. So big shout out to Henry Gaden. Again, we usually end up criticizing these movies because the director takes it upon themselves to write the movie, and it's awful, (laughs) (laughs) which is what the DC Universe has been doing in the past with a little bit of input from one of the comic book creators who not necessarily the best at writing an actual movie. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, Gaten, you did an awesome job. WB, if you're listening, if anybody's listening, put the cocaine away for just a second. Take our advice. Go hire this guy, give him all the money, and make him write some more stuff. Cause Please. He did an awesome job, and he should continue doing an awesome job. This is amazing. More of this. So good. Um, so this, this movie has a lot of kind of callbacks to different pop culture all throughout. I did think it was funny how he kind of did the Man of Steel thing where he tears up the bully's trucks, (laughs) Uh, whereas in Man of Steel is just some random trucker who is an asshole at a gas station bar and, you know, oh yeah, (laughs) he comes out later and his truck's wrapped around a telephone pole and stuff, you know. For for Shazam, that makes way more sense. Yeah, it it definitely worked way better for Shazam, even though that was still a good movie or a good moment in Man of Steel, which... yeah. There was some. I won't. Uh, <laughs> We're not going to get into yeah, that. Uh, again, more rants on the horizon, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was awesome. Um, as far as acting goes, I really didn't have any complaints. I thought pretty much everybody did a great job, except for the scientist lady that uh, uh, Dr. Savannah was working with. Oh, uh, that lady was, just, was kind of a throwaway. That. I don't know why she needed to be there and why she needed to play dumb. Like, oh, this is a mass study on psychosis, even though we got all of these people on a map all <laughs> so- telling the same exact stories. Uh, I don't right. think that's mass psychosis. That, okay, that's let's, uh, not how let's that pa- works. It's painfully obvious. Uh, right. uh, you admit your yeah. PhD. Uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I totally buy that. Yeah. Uh, it was just an excuse to have a fun cameo. But it was. Didn't need to be there. Uh, really, that was probably the only character that didn't need to be there i thought the very intro of the movie was probably the most awkward part where they had the kind of poorly written lines between the the 
child villain <laughs> and his brother and his father. Which yeah. is, it was very unnatural and very like, uh, okay, this is very forced. I get it. You're trying to establish that this is the reason why he's evil and obsessed with this. Right. You know? there, there, there was a way to better approach that, but I think ultimately, like while that's a good setup for introducing us to savannah i think it was way more of an introduction to shazam the wizard yeah which was played by jamon how so jamon 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 hansu jamon hansu who was also in captain marvel <laughs> this man kind of a funny crossover there this man has had uh, a couple of different uh, superhero credits uh, there was actually uh, a cartoon like within like maybe the last ten years that was on BET. It was Black Panther. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, uh, this this man has been uh, in a lot of ways pulling double duty because he was also in Constantine. Yep, playing uh, the supernatural angels and whatnot. Uh, yeah, he was, was a he, he was awesome. Yeah, he was he was pretty good. Hashtag save Constantine, bring it back. Hashtag please. Amazon Prime, Netflix, CW, any of you. You know it's going to be on DC Universe. Come on, Matt Ryan. (laughs) Tell them they're doing stupid things. Let them know. (laughs) Just give them some coke and say, hey, this is my idea, and they will be all on board with what they do. With putting it on their new app. (laughs) (laughs) Which, again, I will buy it twice. I will buy it twice. I will buy two subscriptions if you put Constantine on there. I will also the Matt buy... Ryan Constantine, and not an animated fucking bullshit one. Yeah, the actual no. Matt Ryan Constantine. Justice League Dark was a good, uh, you know, tease, but you know what I want. Give, Give me, me what, what I want. want. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Batista. Thank you so much, Batista. Who is now in two movies from two comic book universes <sighs> as a big dumb idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bane. <laughs> by the way, there is a movie that he's in with, I guess, a little girl, and he's a hitman. Uh, Last of Us in the modern world, I guess. I don't know. I was kind of into it. I kind of enjoyed the trailer. I might go see it. We'll see. Uh, Will he give me what I want? (laughs) You know he doesn't get what he wants. (laughs) (laughs) Logan with a hitman instead of a mutant. Oh. I mean, that is what that sounds like. Mm -hmm. Like to a T. I don't know if you're familiar with books of this nature. But there are a lot of Hitman matched up with little child, specifically little girl books. <laughs> this exists like, in our culture far more than I would like to read about. And I own like two of them because there was something I p- bought while I was on some deployment training thing. Right. I, I, and mean, I was in the army and I just needed something to do. Yeah, they I, were fine. But like every <laughs> seems like every major author has done a version of this at some point somewhere I mean, in their career. I've seen The Professional. Yeah. We really don't need to take it any further than it's a, that. It's a very overplayed idea. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, most of the time it works, so that's probably why. Yeah. So uh, why don't we go through the cast and kind of talk about them a little bit. So, I, of course, the main actor in this movie is Zachary Levy, who plays Shazam, the actual transformed strongman muscle suit version of Shazam. The pure wish fulfillment. He did an amazing job. Oh, my he, God. 
he is a man child, which is exactly <laughs> what he's supposed to be. And he he represents it so well. He acts it so well, portrays it so well. He was absolutely the, cor- the correct choice for this role. He nailed it. Yeah, he did. Fucking amazing. Loved oh. every bit of it. And I wanted more of him every time he wasn't on screen. <laughs> you know, every time we went to a Dr. Savannah thing to push the plot along, I was like, can we get back to Shazam? <laughs> I kind of don't give a shit about this guy. <laughs> Go to the fun guy, <laughs> which is rare. And most movies, yeah. the villain is the more interesting one with few exceptions. It's like few exceptions being like Tony Stark, Iron Man in the current Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, Shazam, obviously. Yeah. That's about it. I can't really think of anybody else who's more interesting than the characters around them in superhero movies. Yeah, currently not so much. I mean, like they they tried to do something like that with Thor, with Ragnarok. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Still Jeff Goldblum. Loki. Loki is way more interesting than yeah, Thor himself. Everyone just... wanted fucking Loki. God damn it. And even in like uh, Avengers Infinity War, it was more about Groot and <laughs> Rocket Raccoon <laughs> hanging out with him than it was about <laughs> Thor doing his part <laughs> until uh, Led Zeppelin started playing and then it was like, oh, that, that was fun. All right. <laughs> I guess I care a little. Right. Led Zeppelin and not their fucking current day cover band. Aquaman, yeah. I'm looking at you. Yep. Yep. You saw it. <laughs> I mean, it's good music, but you know. <laughs> it they is were clearly is. trying to achieve something. Yeah, clearly very familiar and very recent. Oh yeah. Uh, again, rants aside. Yeah. But Zachary Levy did a great job. I loved it. Anything to add? Uh I wanted more. I want more. I want Make more. This, this is need, the problem with this movie is so much of the cast are young children. They need to make the sequel immediately. Oh yeah, they got to capitalize pop these out, like, on this right now. now before these kids get too old and it looks really awkward <laughs> seeing the little person that used to be like 7 years old now a 13 or 14 year old trying to portray the same character. Yeah. Get on it now, WB. Do it now. Do it now. Don't don't recast. God, these children are perfect. Uh next up we have the primary antagonist Mark Strong who again did very well with what he was given, but it was pretty campy. And it was, yeah. It was generic villain stuff for the sake of driving the plot, which is what we needed for this movie because it, this movie wasn't about him. It was about yeah. Shazam. So he did a good job with what he got. Um, he, you know, he played Sinestro back in the day. <laughs> so he's surprisingly loyal to the dc brand even though surprisingly even though they how? ruined a great opportunity to God. make him a great villain it's like of all the things that dc back in the day did wrong that, that was, was the, the one yeah. thing that they got right it was like yeah, him as sinestro and wasted opportunity oh. to make a great character with a perfect actor for the role oh. um next up uh yeah. the child who played uh billy batson this is Asher Angel, and he did a really good job. You know, he didn't have to do a whole lot. You just had to be kind of emo. But when he had the emotional scenes, he really did a great job. He definitely sold it. Again, oh my God. another big spoiler. Please don't be listening any further. Yeah. If you haven't seen the movie, but there's a moment towards, you know, the, the last half of the film where he finally, with the help of his orphan brothers and sisters, figures out where his mom actually lives and Ooh. goes to find her because he's under the impression that his mom he got he got lost in the crowd at this fair or whatever 
and you know his mom could never find him and he was lost forever for whatever reason and they got separated and something happened they don't know what happened um but he goes to the projects this local projects in philly finds his mother who's clearly in some kind of abusive household um and he addresses his mom and she tells him the truth and confesses that she knew exactly where he was. She just abandoned him because she was overwhelmed with raising a child as a single single mother. Um, and she was very young, which there was some age problems in her explanation. Cause a little bit. She was saying that she was like a 15 year old mother. And I was like, that kid was like, six or seven years old which means you had that child when you were eight or nine (laughs) and the person that played the 15 year old mother had a lot of wrinkles and looked uh quite a bit uh into her mid 40s (laughs) so i'm just gonna say that uh i think what they were trying to convey was that she was 17 when she had him and that if they did they phrased it very poorly yeah it it could have been phrased Again, a, a little more clearly. One of the very few teeny tiny nitpicks in the movie. But yeah. it was a really great emotional scene. Yeah. And like he, he gives her the compass that he'd been holding on to this whole time. And she's like, what's this? And you're like, well, why should I give it? What, what's this supposed to do? Because she didn't remember and she didn't care. Yeah. And he had to face the harsh reality that, you know, but to face a lot of orphans and even people who aren't orphans, you know, have to face a reality that... Hey, sometimes your parents aren't perfect people, and sometimes your parents are sometimes, terrible. Sometimes they don't give a shit about you. You know, it's a hard truth. It's a reality for some people, but you know, yeah. Um, you know, I have some familiarity with that. Uh, you know, I I don't know if you do, but uh, my upbringing's a little complicated. Yeah, uh, I'd say both of ours are a little bit. Yeah, uh, both more or less with single mothers for most of our lives. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um, <clears throat> there's. There's some background, some interesting background there, um, and a lot of character depth that I didn't expect in this movie, especially with what DC had done previously, you know, building oh, up yeah. to this movie. I did not expect them to have that kind of emotional depth, and again, <clears throat> um, Asher Angel played it perfectly, did a great job, and even the mother character, um, let's see here, uh, Caroline Palmer, she did she did an awesome job in representing that, and really playing it through in a, a pretty realistic way. Oh, know? yeah. And I I, th- I thought it was really great. And again, shout out to the director. But yeah, again, a big shout out to David Sandberg because he did a great job. Big shout out to Henry Gaden who wrote the scene. And just everybody did their part and made gave that scene a lot of levity. And it also gave the kind of family dynamic within the orphan home a lot of levity as well because they were the ones who found his notebook who realized what he was trying to do and actually got a plan together to help him uh, achieve his goal which was really nice uh next up um we had (laughs) the kind of sidekick throughout the entire movie (laughs) uh jack dylan grazier who's who played uh freddie freeman who is the kind of disabled child who's the best friend of Billy throughout the movie. Yeah. Particularly, you know, after the first act because they don't get along right away, but then, you know, obviously a relationship builds more because Freddie forces it, (laughs) (laughs) but it ends up working out great and it's, it's really enjoyable. Um, and kind of a surprising cameo there. Well, I wouldn't say it's a cameo, but an actor I hadn't 
seen in a long time do anything of significance. Right. Uh, Adam Brody showed up uh, representing this Shazam ified version of freddy <laughs> and it was it was weird i was like oh it's was oh. like wait what i didn't know you were still acting that's cool all right that, that kind of like I, i'm not gonna lie the minute adam brody showed up in that uh sh- differently colored shazam suit that made that little kid's portrayal of freddie freeman make so much more sense yeah it was great <laughs> it's like oh that's who you're acting like i get it now <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was it was great. It was it was a fun little play in there. A, a perfect casting. Really enjoyed it. Um, then we had uh, Jaiman Hausu who played the the wizard, and you know it's a bit campy. Yeah, but he did what he was supposed to, yeah, and it was he, good. He he passed the torch. Yep that 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 was it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of interesting seeing uh, a black version of the wizard because most portrayals aren't uh, a black character. It's usually like a stereotypical like white you know classic uh, Sistine Chapel god looking guy. Yeah, um, it's like usually some bald. It's like bald but still has hair. Yeah. like old wizard man. Yeah, but if uh, you subscribe to kind of uh, anthropology and uh, you know scientific truths, the older you are. Back in human generations, probably black. Oh yeah, yeah. Also, so it made a lot more sense. <laughs> uh, uh, like, I kind of want to assume that he was in like the same continent as Adam, which would again make more sense. It would, it would make is always kind of like a pseudo Egypt type su- of place, pseudo Egypt somewhere within the African continent is like, like North. Nubia, no, no, yeah, Northeastern, something yeah. like that. Some somewhere in there. It, given that general area, mm. that makes way more sense. Yeah, and I thought it was good. I thought yeah. it was, I didn't have any issues with it. He did what he was supposed to do. He it was did. A, little, a little campy, but it was enjoyable. And there's some good jokes to be had in reference to it. He did his job, and that is all I can ask of him. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> uh. So again, shout out to Jaiman Hausu. He did exactly what we wanted. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> which was great. Uh, next up, we had uh, Faith Herman, who played the adorable uh, Darla, <laughs> Darla Dudley. Who? Oh my god! Who was the? <laughs> I think the youngest member of the yeah, household there. Definitely like the baby of the group. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> and she's also the first person outside of Freddie and Billy that know that he, Billy is Shazam. Uh, and she has to keep the secret the whole time, <laughs> which is funny to watch. And just the the whole character dynamic. Um, she's easily the most like fun to follow uh, once they transform. She's a because adorable. she's just losing her mind with how fun He's this is. Like... And of course, she gets the super speed power, so she's just zooming back and forth, <laughs> commenting on everything. Just awesome! Oh and, my god, and it's so much fun. The child actor that played the child role. Uh, Faith did an awesome job. And again, we got to get on the sequel now before she's too old. Please. Once she hits puberty, her voice is going to deepen a little bit. She's going to start getting adult features and we're going to be without our delightful little youthful (laughs) character that we love. Yeah, it'll leave us wondering, why aren't we just giving these actors the costume for them to just jump into? Yeah. Which is a problem later on in the casting. We'll yeah, talk about here. Yeah, a little, a little unnecessary just, money spending. Yeah, but, a little know. bit. Yeah. Um, and then the 
person who played the adult version of <laughs> Darla uh, is Megan Good, and she did a great job, kind of very much like Zach Levy, playing into the youthful aspect of the character very well. Yeah, um, I'd God. say <laughs> she she was probably second to only Zachary Levy and how well she portrayed it. Whereas everybody else was a little, you know, they were good, but they weren't it, quite as good as they, they were. They were working with what they were given. Yeah, um, but really, really enjoyed it. Uh, another member of the household was uh, Grace Fulton's character, Mary Bromfield, who is kind of the oldest of the group, who's applying to colleges but conflicted because she doesn't want to leave the family and all sorts of things. This is the one where I thought it was weird that we cast another actress to play the super version of her because she's already kind of old enough to put on a muscle suit and look fine. Right. <laughs> um, like there was no need to like hire someone else with a kind of the same face already to just do something that she could have done already. Yeah. And she is portrayed by Michelle Borth as the super version. Again, not really necessary. Did, they just have throw to... a muscle suit. They look exactly the same. Yeah, they have the same face. So just why can't you just put muscle suit on Grace, said woman? Yeah, and... just get, give it to Grace. Let her do double duty. You could have saved a lot of money. Yeah. And you would have been just fine. So I don't know why, but that's how we did it, and that's how it's going to be. Yep. Um, You're just sticking with that. Nonetheless, I'd, I'd still enjoyed it. I felt like her role in the movie was kind of the weakest among the protagonist characters. Eh. She didn't... I didn't dislike her or anything. She didn't bring me out of the movie or portray it poorly. She was just... She, what, why is she sending these kids to her, their doom? Shouldn't she be the protective one telling them not to run at the <laughs> deadly sins, demons that are trying to devour them? Uh, uh, okay, uh, okay. We should probably address the fact that while they do get superpowers, they're still in their head a bunch of dumbass kids. You would think, but you, <laughs> you would hope she's the more mature one. <laughs> um, and it seems like she's the one that gets the intelligence, the wisdom of Solomon, because she doesn't do shit <laughs> once she gets her powers. Um, uh, she doesn't plan either, so that maybe not. Who yeah. knows? She was just generic Shazam skirt woman yeah one Uh, of two but uh still enjoyable didn't didn't bring me out of the movie at all then we had uh the delightful little nerd kid uh, (laughs) (laughs) who was part of the family played by ian chen uh the character's name eugene Choi. um he was kind of consumed in his video games (laughs) the whole time and his computer stuff and he's just got this kind of dl like super genius status going on he's the nerd yeah. <laughs> uh, but he has a great role to play he doesn't really do a whole lot in the in the first half of the film it's more in the second half that he gets to shine a little bit and do some cool stuff yeah uh, but yeah another really great addition like really nice part of the cast um and then the person who played his super version was ross butler who who played the shazam version of him and he did fine yeah it was fine he was part of the family. It was nice having him there. Yeah, a little bit of screen time. Um, the next actor didn't really have to do much because he didn't talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that was Joven uh, Armand, who played Pedro Pena. 
who was kind of the big silent kid who gets kind of bullied for being kind of overweight and large and just doesn't really into you know he, yeah it's clear that he, he he portrays with the physical acting that he is you know intelligent and there's something there and he's caring but he doesn't inter- interact with most people and it seems like he's kind of beaten down by life yeah and he has a nice little kind of contribution after they shazamify themselves where he's the strong man who <laughs> holds up the the falling uh um is that carousel Car- no, not, not carousel, carousel the See, we're too old. We don't want to go. Yeah. <laughs> we don't go in these rides. We yeah, don't know what they're a, called anymore. It's uh, the wheel. What's what it called? Ferris wheel. There we go. There it the is. The Ferris wheel. God. God, we're old. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he holds up the Ferris wheel and prevents the kids from, you know, dying <laughs> as uh, the demon structurally yes. screws it up to distract them so they can do do their thing and attack them and kill them and whatever else. Um, so that was pretty fun. Uh. Then we have the parents. Marta Milan's played uh, Rosa Vasquez, and she did an awesome job. She basically did the Stranger Things mom thing for the entire movie, which was pretty much be overly caring and overly concerned with everything and freaking out about everything, <laughs> which was fun. It was a nice dynamic. Uh, very a high-strung uh, character portrayal. Oh, yeah. Um, but for good story reasons, story, you know, clearly context made sense. Um, and then we had Cooper Andrews playing the foster father, uh, playing the character Victor Vasquez, and again played his role perfectly. Kind of, you know, the father figure who can be stern when he needs to be, but is kind of more of the kind of pushover parent between the two. You know, yeah, the kind of friendly, jolly, you know, jovial character of the two, and um, played this just the stereotypical dad character. <laughs> um, but again, he's a dad and he cares. It was a very fun aesthetic, very nice aesthetic. And yeah, uh, I don't know why, but f- something about the house they were living in was giving me a lot of Christmas story vibes. It felt like that. <laughs> I, too. I kept feeling like that and when they <laughs> run up in their jalopy big van. <laughs> just everything about it reminded me of a Christmas story. I don't know what it was, but it worked. <laughs> I just I kept expecting little Darla to be the one who just gets a ton of jackets on her and she just she can't move because like it's too many jackets i know she's cold it, yeah the, the christmas story vibes just with that house and just the kind of tone that they were taking with the story yeah it just seemed very uh what's the word i'm looking for there's something about a Christmas story where, like, you get to see, like, this is what a real family would do. <laughs> yeah. And it worked. Yeah. It, it worked. And that's exactly what this movie has, is, like, this is what a real family would do. And, which is 100% why there's so much credibility to the character and to the storyline. Oh, yeah. And to the, the kind of relationships that build throughout the movie. Because it's believable. You know, yeah. the, kind of the context, the behaviors, a lot of it's built on something that's based in reality, which is nice and not something you would expect from a movie about a person who calls out the name Shazam to gain the wisdom of Solomon and the the strength of Hercules or whatever. Yeah, endurance of Hercules, which or uh, that's Atlas. Yeah, the endurance uh, of Atlas, the power, the power of, of Zeus, Zeus, the uh, courage of Achilles, Achilles and, yep. and the speed of Mercury. Yeah, again, mixing up our Greek and Roman gods, but you know, whatever. And also <laughs> and our Judeo Christian stuff. <laughs> yeah, but we got we got to have wisdom in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> he has to know things. 
Um, but yeah, and then the last character of any note in this movie that at least ones I care to talk about right. was John Glover playing Mr. Savannah, who's the older kind of asshole, rich dad. Oh my uh, god! Which was a great oh entry into this god. movie. We took <laughs> we took Mr. Luthor from Smallville. <laughs> oh my god! And inserted him into this movie as again the rich asshole corporate dad. He was so good at it. <laughs> oh my! God. I feel like he's kind of typecast now. A little bit. However, he was awesome. He's he he does he, it. Perfectly. I feel bad for him because he had kind of shitty lines for the background scene that could have been improved. You know, yeah. again, the only weak writing in the movie is just the entry level basic like, villain like, stuff. Yeah, trying to like write a villain into this yeah. using what we got. <laughs> but he he played the role great, and I really 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 enjoyed his character and his acting. Um, kind of wish he had more to do. Yeah. frankly um but for what it's worth it, he did his part and i really enjoyed it so um who knows maybe we'll have kind of a supernatural callback to him you know with dr maybe. zamana down the line there's a lot you can do there is a when lot it, when you're in the magical universe of the dcu you can really do anything you want yeah nothing um, is off limits whereas with something like batman or superman there's there's restrictions yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's things that are expected that you really can't do Shazam, yeah. not so much. Yeah, he's a, he's a lot more free to kind of do whatever the fuck he wants. Like write a good story. Yes, which please. is exactly what we did. <laughs> Thank you, DC. Thank you for letting it happen, oh. or somehow failing to play chess against yourself with this one. But yeah, we've talked about the director, the 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 writers, and the the cast. Uh, really good showing from everybody involved. I, again, if I'm giving this a 10 and he's giving it a 9.5 on his impossible scale, <laughs> <laughs> really, what what is there to complain about? We got exactly what we needed, what we wanted. I hope this builds towards a better DC universe. I really wish they would stop this production on the Birds of Prey movie. And Please? Just dump it all together. I don't think we need uh. a Suicide Squad 2. Just make an, if you want to make a Suicide Squad movie that's going to be completely recasted like you've been saying, just make a Suicide Squad movie. Uh, d- that's yeah. completely recasted and unrelated you don't yeah look at the joker movie like fans are shitting their pants at how good that looks has nothing to do with what's going on in the dcu right now you don't have the same actors you don't even have batman in this movie and people are down yeah people are already down, down. it's like please i will take this you have the freedom please use it um so yeah that's what i'll say on that um Again, great story points, great plot points, really solid third act, surprisingly yeah. solid third act that didn't let up. And the pace, it's a two hour movie, so, you know, a little on the kind of medium to long side, but a, for good reason, because yeah. the pacing's really good. And at no point was I like, oh, I'm, this movie's getting kind of slow and it feels like a slog. No, everything was paced perfectly. Yeah, it took its time exactly where it needed to. Yeah. It let you get to know. Uh, Shazam for exactly as long as you needed to, and it let you really take your time with trying to figure out Billy Batson. Yeah, and it was great. It was a great experience. I'm going to see it again. I guarantee you I'm going to see it again. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, I got Avengers and Hellboy right next door that I have to fucking see, but if I had the choice, I'd just see Shazam again. I don't care. (laughs) Hellboy can wait. Ooh. 
Foreshadowing more, for the review. Oh, more on that for the review. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, I just yeah, this movie Shazam. Go see it, please. Please, I'm begging you, support this movie in theaters. You know, don't wait for it to come out on demand or whatever else. If you want this, if this is the DC you want, with a proper writer, with a good cast, with a well-paced film that's not three and a half hours long for no reason, um, you really can't ask for more. It's it's a lower budget film compared to their other movies. They they didn't waste money on bullshit. Go see the movie. Please, please support this movie because if they see the numbers, they'll get the message. It doesn't matter how much the internet rages about this thing or that thing. They won't get the fucking message until they see the dollars. So please see this movie. I've gone on a little uh, uh, kind of... Uh, I don't know, crusade on Facebook where every day I have made it a point to have some kind of relative punny way to tell everybody to go see Shazam. Like, and, you know, quite honestly, they should be paying me at this point. Because <laughs> I've literally done it every day since I've seen the movie. And I'm having fun with it. Oh, But I, it's because I want yeah. them to see the dollars. You know, I'll help in any way I can. I, I'm going to put one in right now. Uh it's Good Friday right now. You know what would make it a better Friday? Shazam! You know who else fights sins? Shazam! Shazam! <laughs> <laughs> you know who also came from a cave? Shazam! Shazam! <laughs> uh, it has everything you want. Really? Go, please go see this movie. It's great for everybody in the family. There's nothing you gotta be concerned about in terms of swearing or... Uh, you know, gore or anything like there's some like violent scenes, but they're very PG, very very um, PG. They're you know they do the tech the typical good director thing where they have it off camera or they have it shown in a way that's not gory and gross, but you still get the feeling, you still get the message that something horrible happened. Um, <laughs> you know, there's the part in, in the the office where he confronts his father and his brother, and he throws his brother out the fucking window. Oh. Like he just completely ignores him, just like, and you don't see him splatter on the ground, nor do you need to see him splatter on the ground because you know that guy's fucked. Yeah, you know he's dead. <laughs> uh, and y- y- even when they show like guys getting eaten, they just kind of show like the shadow of the head being there and then the head not being there. Oh, yeah, uh, with the perfect sound crunchiness, uh, that you would expect from such an experience. So, that again, even the violent parts, like. They're very PG. Please go take everybody you know to this movie. They'll, Everyone. They don't you don't need to know who Shazam is. You don't need to know the background of this character or the DC universe. And you even get a Superman cameo. It, this, this movie See this movie multiple times. Tell everybody you it, know to see it if you want this sort of thing from DC in the it, future. It, it's it's perfect. Please send them a message. It, it's damn near perfect. Oh, I love it. Uh, it's so good. Do you have anything you want to add? Go see this movie. Please see this movie. Please, Please. for the love of God. (laughs) How many times do we got to say it? It's like, it's because of actually finally getting good content from DC that I am considering getting the DC Universe app. (gasps) Don't tell them that. They won't make Constantine. (sighs) Okay. We got to keep them on the ropes. I I, want to keep them on the ropes, but... 
Doom Patrol looks so good. I just want to see Brendan Fraser again. I do. <laughs> I love Brendan Fraser. Uh, every time I see him in he's the little trailers, tra- uh, he's a national treasure. And he, acting wise, he's still got it. He's got it. I love Brendan Fraser. Oh, Encino Man, Blast from the Past, uh, the 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 Mummy movies, like Bedazzled, Bedazzled. Oh, such a good movie. Oh my God. What more can you ask for? Come on more we need more brendan fraser please don't let him be sad and depressed anymore it's it's hard to look at he's losing weight he's looking good he's got his perfect hair again come on please brendan we love you please do more in the dcu because i love you and i want to see you on the big screen again because it makes me happy inside it would make america happy inside tiger woods just had his redemption story (laughs) <laughs> the Blue Jackets just won their first playoff game in a sweep against the number one seed and the President's Trophy winner, which is why I'm wearing the Lightning Flash shirt. <laughs> uh, mm. Maybe a little bit of troll in there. <laughs> a, little, a little bit. And also because I don't own a Shazam shirt, so Lightning Flash <laughs> is the closest I could come to. Which is fine. I'm sure Shazam t-shirts are being printed as we speak. And I will buy one. Oh, yeah. Because this movie is great. And I want one with Zachary Levy's big, stupid face on it. <laughs> because I love it. <laughs> I want a shirt with him doing the floss dance. Oh. <laughs> what if it was just like one of those like scratchy, like 3D ones oh, where it shifts every God. time you move? <laughs> you just like... So it's just slowly shifting from frame to frame. <laughs> that would be amazing. Would... DC, get on it. Please, DC. Oh, it's so good. Oh. Need a holographic shirt. Oh, my God. It would be so much fun. <laughs> oh, I would wear the shit out of that. It probably wouldn't do very well in the dryer, though. Probably not. Like that plastic it... would probably melt or something. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's a hand wash. Yeah. So, yeah, please go see this movie. The jokes are really good. There's jokes for everybody. And really, even the ones that are meant for kids are still enjoyable for adul- uh, for adults. Like, you're going to get a kick out of the entire thing. It's going to make you feel like a kid again. It's It doesn't matter if you know anything about the DC Universe or about Shazam. It's a fun movie. It's a good movie. It has heart. It has depth. It has anything you could ask for. It's got, you know, something at stake of significance. Um I, I I just I have no complaints about this movie. I love it. I love it. I genuinely love this movie. It's probably the best thing I've seen out of DC in a long time and just out of superhero movies in general. I just I fucking love this movie. Um can't praise it enough. The Rock helped get this movie made. And God bless him for it. Now, God bless him. I like. I don't care if it's kind of just a vehicle for him to say, "Hey, can I be Black Adam now?" Look, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I was kind of surprised he wasn't Shazam when they announced that he was going to be. They announced that he was going to be Black Adam before they announced that Zachary Levy was going to be Shazam. And when yeah. they announced, I was like, "Okay, I mean, aesthetically it makes sense, but I'm surprised you're not playing Shazam himself if right. you're doing all this work for it." Hey, you know? It's like he he could have like just said, "It's like." Yeah, the kid doesn't have to look it kind of like he'd grow up into this. It's fine. Yeah, it was it's like, like could have just been like, yeah, like I too wish that I just could say a word and turn into the rock. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, he, I think he just he wants to be Black Adam, and that's fine. Which he, is, I, I he, was he went out of his way to make sure that a good DC movie got yeah. made. And again, I think this is a nice showing of restraint by producers and everybody involved because again, they didn't show Henry Cavill's face. They didn't. And well, they couldn't. And they didn't show Black Adam in this movie. 
one of the probably the primary thing you would think you would see because it's pretty much the only Shazam villain of significance in the DCU. Yeah. It's Black Adam who is in everything. He's in the video games, he's in the the animated shows, he's in he, he's, he's the, in all the comic books and all the crossover events. He's a significant baddie and he's got a ton of power. He's a fucking intimidating foe. He's, and I'm surprised he, yeah. they showed the restraint not to really show him at all. The only time they allude to him is when the wizard is talking about his former champion yeah. who, you know, released the the deadly sins on the planet and got everybody killed before, you know, the wizard and his companions on the throne yeah. saved the world. So I, I I thought that was a nice impressive showing of restraint. However, I kind of wonder if it was because they weren't sure if this movie was going to be great or not, and they didn't want to dedicate themselves to the Black Adam movie this late in the cycle when they're in this kind of transitional phase and they're not right. sure what they're going to do. So they probably took it out just to be safe. But now that it's got all the goodwill in the world, who knows? Yeah, we can throw in Black Adam and that <laughs> that worm. I can't get over that worm. The worm is great. Yeah, <laughs> the worm of eternity is awesome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was I was expecting a more significant kind of cameo. Uh, there's again, if you watch this far, I wish he hadn't. But you know, we're happy you're here on the show. But please go see this movie. Oh, see this movie, but there is, there is a, a mid credit scene and there is a final after credit scene. The mid credit scene is the one that kind of matters, where you get the cameo of the the Worm of Eternity, yeah, visiting Doctor Savannah and explaining, oh, there's more than one way to access the Rock of Eternity and blah blah blah. You know, there's more than one way to get power and magic and blah blah blah. Oh so, yeah, which sets up some future appearance by Doctor Savannah. Um, <clears throat> Um, but the end credit scene is just like some light joking about Aquaman. <laughs> That's all it was. Which, to be fair, is perf- it perfectly fits the tone of this movie. Oh, of course. It, it's exactly what you would expect. You're <laughs> expecting this big thing and then you just get kind of a childlike funny like, humor. Oh, that was good. <laughs> and, and I enjoyed it. But if you're about to piss your pants, which I was at the point, <laughs> you don't have to worry about... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> staying I to mean, watch that scene you're not missing watch it much. on the internet it's fine you're not missing much but it it put a smile on my face it, it was fun it was oh, yeah. fun and entertaining and a nice little final good vibe to walk out of the movie with um but yeah i i think this movie did an awesome job on a lower end budget and creating great characters great, great dynamics great dialogue great pacing music aesthetics Great location, Philadelphia was awesome visually to see, you know, all the little monuments and stuff that they were visiting and whatnot throughout the movie. Like it was it was fun. It was it was cool. It was I just I can't praise it enough. I think we'll end on that note. As we should. Go see Shazam. Yeah, quite frankly, I think we've talked enough. From this point on, we should let the movie speak for itself. So I want to thank you for sticking with us on Hit the Books Podcast. Uh again. We're going to have uh, more episodes down the pipeline and uh, a couple of reviews because, let's face it, Endgame is here and Hellboy is there as well, although we'll probably drag our feet a little bit to get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we haven't done too many proper episodes because we've had so many movie reviews in this little block of time, so I do apologize for that. We will be getting back to it and really announcing our covers. The last episode of Hit the Books podcast, um, I tested something with the audio. I tried to speed it up just a little bit to take out a little bit of the dead noise and make editing a little easier. 
but I ended up screwing up the audio a little bit. So there's kind of a weird, almost fast forwardy sounding like echo effect going on, like a resonant effect. Uh, and it's because I picked the wrong thing and I made a rookie mistake. I apologize for that, but I wanted to get the episode out to you because I worked on it that whole time. And yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm sure you guys wanted to hear from us on a regular format, you know. For Apologies what? for the audio. So my bad on that one, but uh, I, w- I won't be doing that specifically <laughs> going forward in this episode. It should be crisp and clear and wonderful. So oh, yeah. um, if you like uh, wrestling, be sure to check out our wrestling podcast. Hit the Matt's podcast that I do with my brother, Dan, the man Maloney. Uh, as you can see, the belts below our comic collection here. Oh, um, yeah. Our last uh, big episode was the WrestleMania episode. I got uh, a catch up episode, the WrestleMania episode, the full WrestleMania episode with the NXT TakeOver uh, coming out soon we put our predictions up on uh, as a separate bonus episode just so we could get them out in time um but we jumped the gun a little bit just because i was so backed up on editing and then of course we got the the aftermath and the uh superstar shakeup, which whew, there's some big ones in there this year we'll see if it's uh beneficial or not to both brands but mm. uh smackdown raw saw some significant change mm, um, interesting so be sure to check that out if you like wwe stuff and again we're getting back into the swing of things with our episodes once all these movie reviews are done and caught up on so i want to thank you for your patience thank you for sticking with us uh if you would be so kind please consider checking out our patreon page patreon.com forward slash hit the books that covers both hit the books and hit the backs hit hit the mats uh video programs and uh we're hoping to get one more uh on the streams uh once we kind of consolidate our editing process you know we can't afford to hire an editor so i'm I'm trying to streamline the process so we can get everything out on schedule to you so expect a little less flourish in the editing of the the videos on youtube quite frankly we get more listeners on the podcast services than we do on youtube and we appreciate both please like and subscribe because it really does help us out and reach more people and build us gives us an avenue to kind of reach uh, more folks on the internet um and we will keep putting the videos up because there are just people that just enjoy sitting down and watching the the video version and we do appreciate you Um, but until i can get an editor or something like that it's going to be a little bit more streamlined it's not going to have you know the as many of the fancy transitions i'm not going to post pictures of every little thing we're talking about anymore i might put a general picture for one big segment or something like that like smackdown or raw or you know i'll always put up the covers of the week for the cover and variant cover of the week segment and the artists who who created them and you know if we're talking about you know did the content match the drapes i'll put up the writer and the illustrator on there so that stuff i'll still do because i feel it's important um on the video program but don't expect a whole lot more um, yeah unless i'm alluding to something very specific that i did or we did right um so Again, apologies, um, but it's just it's very time consuming, and I I want to get these out to you more than I want the show the v- YouTube version of the show to be you know really really pretty. So um, because at, at the end of the day, this is a podcast. It's meant to be listened to more than anything else. Although we do appreciate the YouTube viewers, and that way I can get more content out to you, including like instructional stuff. We haven't done an instructional instructional video in like a year and a half, yeah. so. <laughs> There's been, we need to do a little bit more in that regard. Um, oh, yeah. At least I feel we need to. So, uh, once again, I want to thank you for sticking with us. You can reach us on Twitter at HTBVids. You can reach us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash hit the books. You can check out our website where you can find links to all of these things at htbvids.com. Um, again, Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash hit the books. 
Uh, we're on Stitcher. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. Uh, trying to get on SoundCloud pretty soon here and a few other services, uh, Podbean and stuff like that. It's pretty popular. So uh, be sure to look out for that. And uh, please like and subscribe and rate well on whichever service platform you listen to or like and share it with your friends. Let them know uh, if they have common interests and you enjoy the program. Without further ado, let's get out of here. Shazam's great. 10 out of 10, 9.5. Go see it. We love it. And uh, most importantly, don't forget to say my name. Shazam!